the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Mike Lee here, Director of Local Ministries for True Talk 800, 93.9 KPDQ, Talk 1640, 93.1 L Ray, and 104.1 The Fish. Clark Hilton is across the glass, and did you ever wonder how to expand your local ministry, church, or business beyond your four walls? Then you're invited to find out more at a free lunch and learn about hosting your own radio program. All you've got to do is RSVP today so we can reserve you a seat, and that'll be at KPDQ on Wednesday, September 6th. All the details are at kpdq.com. That's kpdq.com. And did you know that you can start your path toward becoming a chef? Christian Culinary Academy is a one-year culinary career college on the Oregon coast. There's an open spot for you to enroll, but hurry because registration ends on September 15th. Find out all about the benefits of the network of connections from Christian Chefs International at a nice small school with a lot of personal attention. It's Christian Culinary Academy with more details at ChristianChefs.org. That's ChristianChefs.org. Today's very special guest is the president of Relational Wisdom 360 out of Billings, Montana. And Ken Sandy, I want to say welcome and tell us all about the fact that you're coming to town soon. Well, yes. Uh, Mike, thanks for having me on the program. I'm scheduled to be over in Portland on September 16th, teaching one of our full-day Discovering Relational Wisdom seminars. So what exactly is Relational Wisdom 360? Can you give us the view from 30,000 feet, Ken Sandy? And by the way, friends, if you've heard the name Ken Sandy before or you find it familiar, is because he's the founder of Peacemaker Ministries in addition to Relational Wisdom 360. Ken Sandy was trained as an engineer, lawyer, and mediator. He's conciliated hundreds of family, business, church, and legal conflicts. And as president of RW360, he now focuses on teaching people how to build strong relationships in the family, church, and workplace. He teaches internationally, and he's the author of numerous books, articles, and training resources, which include The Peacemaker, translated into 15 languages, in addition to being a certified Christian conciliator an editorial advisor for Christianity Today, a certified relational wisdom instructor, and an emotional intelligence certified instructor, all of which is very hard to say, but very impressive to hear, Ken. So <laughs> tell, tell us what's going on, my friend. <laughs> well, you know, in short, relational wisdom is simply living out the two great commandments. When they asked Jesus years ago what one of the greatest commandments, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength, and soul, and love your neighbors yourself. And if he had to say it in one word, he would have probably said love, or he might have said relationship. And so relational wisdom is simply a way to bring together the, the many, many different teachings in Scripture about how to build healthy relationships 
and put those principles into practice in daily life, in our marriages, parenting, our churches, and the workplace. So you founded Peacemaker Ministries 30-odd years ago, and what was your vision for that? And was your ministry also focusing on on showing love and conflict resolution? Oh, very much, very much. Uh, Peacemaker Ministries was founded in the early 80s, basically, to help Christians resolve conflict in a biblically faithful way. Initially, uh, I was an attorney at the time, and initially our focus was on helping Christians resolve lawsuits um, uh, out of court and actually with the help of local churches. And that ministry thrived beautifully for many, many years, and uh, we taught around the world really, really effective conflict resolution principles. Marriages, church divisions, lawsuits, child abuse, you name it, we saw those conflicts in the church, and I, and I was really privileged to be part of that ministry. Um, about five or six years ago, after mediating hundreds and hundreds of disputes between Christians, I just one day thought, you know, I think I'd rather help people get upstream of conflict. How could we actually prevent most of these situations from ever getting as bad as they did? And that's what relational wisdom is all about. It still includes all of the peacemaking principles I, I developed at Peacemaker Ministries, but instead of that being the primary focus, our primary focus now is how do we help Christians develop relational skills that will build solid relationships, uh, help them build social capital, if you will, good investments in relationships. So when hard times come, you've got, you've got something drawn. And uh, skills like empathy and communication, compassion, uh, that allow us to just uh, prevent a lot of the misunderstandings that come up and see problems early on and resolve them before they become something severe. Ken Sandy, president of Relational Wisdom 360. In one sense, I realize that in front of God, there is nothing new under the sun. But it seems in a technology, internet, cell phone, and social media-driven era, have you found that you'd have to tweak some of the relational wisdom principles that you've been teaching people? Well, as you say, nothing is new. The, the scriptures have been around for thousands of years, Old Testament, New Testament. Of course, the gospel was fully revealed 2,000 years ago in Christ. That was very big new news. Um, and since then, the church has been doing uh, a great deal of teaching on how to build healthy relationships. And so in that sense, the, the principles, the concepts of repentance, confession, uh, a gentle and loving confrontation, reconciliation, biblical negotiation. Those principles are, are timeless. What's, what's new about what we're doing today is, number one, as you mentioned, the delivery system, taking advantage of technology. Uh, we have an online course, interactive. People can study in groups. They can do it on their smartphone as they, as they take the train into work if they want to. But we, and we also are using video clips. Uh, we've drawn a lot of uh, wonderful two- to three-minute video clips, many of them from very well-known Hollywood movies that illustrate these principles. The other thing that is, is, I think, quite new and quite recent is drawing in principles of emotional intelligence, the idea that our brains, we, our neurological capacity for emotion and rational thinking, we understand that a lot more today. Uh, functional MRIs and other ways of of looking at how the brain functions, allow us to understand things about the brain, how we think, how we react, how we get emotionally hijacked at times, and how that intersects with biblical truth and wisdom 
to take all that information into account and actually give people better tools for managing emotion, building relationships. So one of these tools would be your upcoming seminar, September 16th, at Henson Baptist Church. I'm a big fan of that one, located on Southeast 20th Avenue in Portland. So do you have any direct connections to Henson Baptist? Are you buddies with Michael Lawrence? No, actually, I've never met the pastor there. The seminar is being hosted primarily by a local conciliation ministry called Crossroads Resolution Group, and Henson Baptist has graciously uh, volunteered to actually be the site where we can do the seminar. Oh, how wonderful. Well, they're, they're a good, solid church. I'm a big fan of theirs. So can you give us the view from 30,000 feet of why listeners should be attending your seminar coming up on September 16th to Henson Baptist Church? Well, from the time you get up in the morning until the time you go to bed at night, we are most of us are constantly involved in relationship. I mean, literally, when you open your eyes and look at your spouse laying on the pillow next to you as you walk out to the kitchen, your teenage daughter walks out. Is she a little bit more irritable than normal today? Is is there something going on? Have you developed the ability to read her body language, to pick up on the tone of voice, to manage the emotions of a teenager? Go to the office and and detect that there's some stress and tension, perhaps, that you didn't sense the day before. The better you develop those God-given skills to read other people, tone of voice, body language, to look in their eyes, to put yourself in their shoes, to exercise empathy, which is a God-given capacity that we can develop, the better you're going to be at ministering to people, loving people, serving people, preventing conflict, building solid marriages, building a successful and productive uh, business. All those things are improved as we develop these relational skills. And can they be taught to anyone? Do you need a certain skill set to take advantage of what you're sharing through relational wisdom? Not at all. We, uh, the interesting thing about these concepts, Mike, is that they are sophisticated enough that they're being taught at the master's level in seminaries, this, this exact course I'm teaching, and yet it is simple enough that there are families, uh, they're going through it together with children as young as 10 years old. Ten-year-olds are smart enough to grasp this. In fact, sometimes they do better than we adults. And yet, whether you're business, military, sports, wherever you live and work in your day-to-day work, the principles are rigorous enough to be useful in every one of those settings. What a wonderful tool that you have, Ken Sandy, through relational wisdom. So you don't have to name names if you don't want to, but do you have any success stories through your experience with relational wisdom that stand out in your mind that just really inspire you to keep doing what you're doing? You know, a few weeks ago, Mike, I was back in Washington, D.C., and we were actually teaching these principles to United States congressmen, their chiefs of staff, ambassadors from other countries, and high-level officers from the Pentagon. And we were there for three days, and I was so, number one, just encouraged to see the number of very committed Christians in the highest places of leadership in our our nation's capital, to talk to them about how these principles could apply in their lives, to get feedback from them, interact with them, address specific issues they have. Um, It was just incredibly invigorating. Uh, to see it at that level, um, to work with pastors who are struggling with disunity and um, confusion on their leadership team. You know, if a pastor leaves ministry, 99 times out of 100 is because he's had a conflict with his leadership team, with a click in the church, or conflict at home. And to hear pastors who have lots of academic training, Hebrew and Greek and Old Testament and homiletics, 
but don't have a lot of basic relational skills to work with them, help them develop this, this capacity for reading people, exercising empathy and compassion, to see how that is just changing and transforming their ministries. That's, that's one of the most encouraging things to me because pastors are, are my heroes. We're speaking with the president of Relational Wisdom 360 and also the author of The Peacemaker, Ken Sandy, out of Billings, Montana. He's coming to Portland. You won't want to miss him at Hinson Baptist Church on Southeast 20th Avenue in Portland for Portland's RW360 Seminar. Again, that's September 16th. We'll link up all the details to truetalk800.com on the Difference Makers page. Or if you'd like to peek right now, you can look at their website rw360.org that's rw360.org follow relational wisdom 360 on facebook as well and when we return more with ken sandy of relational wisdom 360 the upcoming seminar and why he does what he does right here on difference makers on true talk 800 Welcome back to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Mike Lee here with the man you may remember as the founder of Peacemaker Ministries. And now, Ken Sandy is the president of Relational Wisdom 360, coming to Portland, specifically Henson Baptist Church in Portland on September 16th for the Portland RW360 seminar. So welcome back, Ken Sandy. Are you familiar with the Portland area? Do you come here every so often? Yes, I do. Love Portland. What are some of your favorite dives to visit? <laughs> you know, I don't usually have time to visit dives. I'm usually with friends or teaching in churches there. Well, that's good to know. Well, we are looking forward to having you back at Henson Baptist in our neck of the woods on September 16th. So I'd like to backtrack just a little bit and find out where you grew up. Born and raised in Billings, Montana. And how was your upbringing? Did you know the Lord at a young age? Were you raised in a Christian church-going family? Well, I was blessed to have a very godly mother uh, who made sure we were in church and also just through her own teaching and witness. So I was exposed to all the, the biblical truths from a very young age. Uh, my father was not a Christian, but he was a very, very gracious man, and he came to Christ uh, much later in life. And But I... I you know, I can't really point to the day, this is the day. Uh, I just I was familiar with, believed in God all my life, but it was actually just before I went to law school that it really came home that uh, I could not get into heaven on my own works. Being a good person was not going to make it. <laughs> I realized I, I just would never be good enough. And uh, that's when I really ran into some great Christian people. Uh, when I was working in California, I shared the gospel with me, and it, it just clicked in a completely new way. So when I went to law school, I was mostly just growing in the Lord and just eating up the Bible and Christian books and sort of going to law school on the side. And it was it was just a sweet season of life. And here you are today as the president of Relational Wisdom 360. So can you tell us about your family life today? Well, I'm blessed with a wonderful wife, Corlette. We've been married for 32 years. She works with me in the ministry. And she's got a background in uh, teaching and counseling. She's written a book called The Young Peacemaker, focusing on children. Uh, our, our daughter, Megan, works for us also. She's married, has her own family, but she works for us doing all of our data. And my son, Jeff, is uh, also with us as our training, uh, training and marketing director. And uh, just it's a, it's a rare privilege to have 
uh, your wife and both of your children working with you day to day. I love when families work well together and maybe not play the same position, but work on the same team well. So I love the fact that your wife has written a book addressing a younger set. If there's anything that's been pointed out to me lately, Ken Sandy of Relational Wisdom, it's this. If a preventable problem occurs, I think it's just frustrating as anything else. So I think that's where you come in with relational wisdom and what you're teaching. So in regards to your wife's audience with the younger set, how have you seen that different from what you do? Well, her material focuses on conflict resolution primarily and uh, just a very simple concept that the, the children can learn. Um, great. I mean, it's wonderful illustration. It's very visually engaging. What's interesting about her material also is it's been uh, translated into Spanish and is being used in high-security prisons throughout Latin America. In fact, the, the high-security prison with um, former terrorists and drug lords in Medellin has been using that material in a program, and many of those people have come to Christ through it. So I can't claim that. <laughs> None of my material has been used in that kind of a setting, so I just think that's thrilling. But uh, it, it's really great to see children learning these concepts at a young age. They don't have to develop all the bad habits that we adults have to unlearn. So it's a great thing to teach them at a young age. So many of our listeners have kids who are on the younger side. Are there any common threads that you see that are really helpful to kids to prevent the preventable problems as they grow into teenagers? Well, just speaking for just this one area of empathy, Mike, uh, empathy is a God-given capacity. It's like walking or running or playing the piano. We can all sort of tap out notes on a piano. But like playing the piano and other skills, it's something that we can improve significantly with practice. And the, the sad thing is most parents don't realize that they can deliberately teach and enhance their children's ability to, to exercise empathy. And so there's a, for example, there's a blog on our website called Raising Empathetic Children. And there's very specific things parents can do uh, starting at about two years of age. That's when children begin to have the, the neurological capacity to identify other people as being separate from them but similar to them. So if I feel pain or fear or anger or something, then I realize that you can feel it. And so it's at that age you can start doing very simple things with children to teach them empathy, and this is so important because by the middle teen years, this is when there's so many other conflicting things going on in, in teenagers' lives, all the thing about who am I, what's my identity, what do I believe, what group am I belonging to, and if you don't give them the ability to recognize and manage their own emotions, and then also to read other people and engage them in compassionate, constructive ways, they're, they're just tossed to and fro by the turmoil of the teenage years. And, in fact, one specific thing is, in America, in many Western nations, <clears throat> we, we teach young boys at a very young age to stuff their emotions. Big boys don't cry. Uh, real men don't admit they're weak. And we send all these messages to our boys, and we basically create emotionally stunted boys who grow into emotionally stunted men. And that's why, time after time, pastors are sitting in the office with a a married couple, they married four or five years, and the thing the wife is saying is, you know, when we were courting, we seemed to have this great emotional connection, which was more romance than anything, but now after we've been married for a few years, he doesn't have a clue what's going on inside. He cannot read my emotions if I write them on a, on a flip chart. And the, the guy is sitting there, it's not because he doesn't want to, 
but no one has taught him how to develop that gift of empathy, to connect with his wife emotionally, etc. So all that to say, start with a two-year-old boy and use these principles all through his childhood. When you launch him into life, he'll be a healthier and more constructive man. Ken Sandy is the president of Relational Wisdom 360. Ken, can you explain differences in teaching your principles to boys versus girls? Well, the, the principles are exactly the same. The concepts are, are, are uniform. Um, the difference would be the illustrations I would use. With, um, with boys, I might talk about sports. I might talk about you know, more competitive-type things military metaphors, things that sort of grab a boy's attention. And with, with girls, I, I would typically use other things that are more uh, appealing to, depending on the age and where they are and everything else. So the illustrations are different, the video clips we use would be different, but the, the basic skills would be very much the same. Through the years, Ken, we've seen a lot of best-selling self-help type outreaches try to improve people's lives. Some of them have been biblically based, and others of them have completely not been. So RW seems to have some similarities to the secular concept of emotional intelligence. Can you give us the difference between the two and share how the Bible is part of what you do with relational wisdom? You bet. Great question. You know, some people hear a, a concept like emotional intelligence or psychology, and Christians, uh, many are just sort of, they just immediately recoil. They say, oh, that's secular, that's worldly. And my response is, who made the brain? Who made the brain? Who made the amygdala and the hippocampus and the neocortex and the synopsis and how it works? God did. And if anybody should be a student of the human brain, to me, it should be a pastor. Because the brain is where we think, it's where we reason, it's where we believe, it's where we memorize, it's where we process, where we control emotions and impulses. And yet the average Christian, even the average Christian pastor, has done almost no study about the human brain. So a good place to start, especially with regard to relationships, is this concept of emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is simply a, it's a secular concept, but it's based on really good science on how does the brain work, how do we process emotions, what does the brain, how does it uh, take data and, and respond to it in constructive ways or impulsive and destructive ways. And um, <clears throat> so there's, there's some great, great books out there. Probably the leading writer is a man named Dan Goleman, wrote a book called Emotional Intelligence, been a New York Times bestseller. I've read it. It's required reading for our instructors. Great deal of valuable information. And I look at it through the lens of common grace, Mike, is that even people who do not acknowledge God or believe in Jesus are still the recipients of God's grace. He lets them take their next breath. He, he provides for their food and their shelter. He gives them a brain where they can look at creation and understand a certain amount of things. So there's unbelieving chemists out there, unbelieving aerospace engineers, unbelieving psychologists who God opens their eyes to a certain degree to understand aspects of creation. So in this area of emotional intelligence, there are scientists out there, some are Christians, many are not, but they've done studies on the neurological makeup of the brain. And I've just learned a tremendous amount from them. Now, of course, as a Christian, I run all of that theory through the Bible. I say, okay, what is consistent with God's view of man, the doctrine of man, doctrine of sin, doctrine of redemption, um, we want to bring all of that to play as we understand it. But there's a great deal of valuable information there. 
the downside of emotional intelligence, in spite of all the good things you can learn from it, is it's got some pretty big deficits. Number one, none of the major books on it give any recognition to God. Um, so there's no doctrine of God, no doctrine of sin, man, redemption, etc. And so that, that's a pretty big deficit. Secondly, the motivation for developing EI is typically self-advancement. I'll, I'll get promotions, I'll make more money, I'll make more sales. It's rather, and, and for a Christian, our motivation should be, how do I glorify God? How do I use my gifts to build his kingdom? Another deficit is the, um, the, the ability to change. Without Christ, you know, people are left to human effort, and we all know how effective that is. It, we can do a little bit, but to, to achieve lasting change, I need the Holy Spirit working in me. And finally, the other downside of emotional intelligence, the classic EI, is, um, in fact, there's a lot of articles about this now. It's called the dark side of EI, and that's that people who develop really high levels of empathy and emotional intelligence can use it to manipulate people. And as a Christian, I don't use any of God's gifts to manipulate people. I use it to love them and serve them. So what relational wisdom is doing, it's taking the very helpful neurological information of emotional intelligence, it is putting it into a biblical framework, a systematic theology, bringing all those other major doctrines of the Christian faith to bear, and basically, I would say, supercharging it with the gospel. Ken Sandy is the author of The Peacemaker and president of Relational Wisdom 360. Make sure to check out Portland's RW360 seminar September 16th at Hinson Baptist Church in Portland. All the details at rw360.org and also at truetalk800.com. More with Ken Sandy next on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. You're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Our special guest is the president of Relational Wisdom 360, Ken Sandy. You may remember him from his book, The Peacemaker. And his seminar is coming September 16th to Hinston Baptist Church here in Portland. So welcome back, Ken Sandy. Before our break, you were talking about empathy. What are issues that you'll be able to address at this seminar when it comes to empathy? Well, just even the basic thing of reading body language. How do we learn to pick up on a change in someone's tone of voice? How do we learn to read a facial expression um, I, I, I'll be telling a story, for example, of just how somebody uh, at a conference who never met me, I uh, was a total stranger to him, but I was in a situation where there was something really um, very uh, difficult It just occurred to me. I was trying to figure out how to process it, and the keynote speaker walked by me in the lobby and just took my face out of all that crowd, saw that there was some distress going on, came back and talked to me and ministered to me. It blew me away that this guy was about to go into his plenary talk, picked up on just a facial expression. So we'll be talking about how do we develop that ability to read other people, their tone of voice, their body language, how they walk across the room, uh, picking up on how do we actually um, empathize, try to imagine how does it feel if you're, you know, a friend of mine just recently, just uh, yesterday, had a, his wife had a miscarriage. Um, I've never gone through that. So how do I effectively empathize if I've not actually experienced it? God gives us the ability even to use imagination and other things to try to put ourselves in that person's shoes. Um, so a number of things that we can do, how do we make the sacrifices that back up empathy so we don't just say, hey, I'm sorry, but I show with my life I want to enter into your suffering, I want to walk alongside of you, I want to show that I really care in very practical ways. 
So we'll be that'll just be one of the small sections of the seminar. Ken Sandy, I have some loved ones that have a tendency to be more manipulatable, if that's a word, by certain people. Are there certain boundaries that we need to set as responsible people so that we can emphasize without being somebody's tool? Well, that is a challenge because we, we want to be tender-hearted and compassionate. We, we want to be charitable and not just be cynical. And so those are positive qualities. And yet Jesus pointed out, in many different ways, probably the most famous is be as innocent as a dove and yet as shrewd as a serpent. So we want to have a, an open, loving heart toward people, and yet we want to also be able to evaluate their behavior, their track record, their motives, even, again, how they're communicating. You can, you can often read people if they're lying to you, deceiving you, etc. So those are all relational skills. And even learning some of our weaknesses, if somebody has a tendency to give in too quickly to be manipulated, just make the decision. I'm not going to commit to anything on the spot. If someone asks me for something, I'll ask them for details. Then I'll just say, you know, I've made it a practice not to do anything without praying about it for a while. So let me pray about this for a day, and I'll get back to you. Just simply getting away from that other person and the pressure they're exerting uh, is helpful. And sometimes another step is just, just go to someone else for advice. Just say, hey, a friend of mine came and asked me this. Is urging me to do this, here's what I learned about it, what do you think? Just getting an objective third-person opinion on it can be a big help. Well, that's good to know. So in an era where so many people are communicating, not even over the phone, much less in person, but through text or through social media, do you have any good tips through Relational Wisdom 360 when it comes to being able to read people through their writing as well as when you're with them? Well, you know, the Bible talks about going and talking to people face-to-face, and there's a reason for that. When you're actually with somebody, you get the benefit of all the communication channels. Uh, Next best thing would be on the telephone. You still have the benefit of tone of voice. It's interactive. You're going back and forth. Um, Things go downhill real quickly from there in terms of the reliability communication because if you're writing a letter to somebody, which, of course, a lot of people don't do anymore, that takes a lot of time. If you're texting, emailing back and forth, that's superficial. Um, The basic rule, I would say, is don't use uh, impersonal means, texting and email, uh, to communicate significant issues that really require more of a face-to-face or at least a telephone conversation. A lot of wisdom from Ken Sandy of Relational Wisdom 360, coming to Hinton Baptist Church on September 16th for a wonderful seminar helping you be equipped with the tools you need to have better relationships at home, at work, with teammates, etc. So are there certain types of people who will be more interested in coming to your seminar? Are there certain demographics or targets that, that would be more helped out by you, Ken Sandy? Well, I think anybody can benefit from these things, from a child to an older person. We even, you know, we even talk about end-of-life issues. How, how do we deal with issues as our health is failing and we're looking at uh, you know, coming under the care of our children? I mean, those are relational issues. So from very early age, you know, we say uh, you know, middle teenagers can, can easily enjoy the seminar all the way up to older people. Uh, across the professional spectrum, absolutely. Um, believers are going to obviously uh, be more comfortable because it's a very biblically-oriented seminar. 
and yet we love it when non-Christians come. They can come and learn very valuable relational skills, even if they don't immediately accept the spiritual context and the concept of the gospel. There's just a lot of great wisdom principles in God's Word, and we present it in a way that non-Christians are very comfortable with it. Um, I actually ask questions to engage their thinking, to pose questions to them that they can wrestle with. Uh, we really encourage employers to not only come themselves and bring their management team, but even to scholarship their employees to it. It's a great employee benefit, and there's an article on our website that it, it summarizes a lot of the studies out there that when employers invest in relational training for their employees, for every dollar the employer invests, they can get up to $6.50 of a financial productivity return simply because their employees have better skills at work but they also go home, they have a more relaxed and stress-free family life, which means when they come into work the next morning, they're focusing on their job and not on the fight they had with their wife uh, that morning before they came, came into the office. So it's really anybody can learn from it, but I would especially say people in leadership positions, uh, pastors, church leaders, ministry leaders, business leaders, because uh, a big part of their job is maintaining healthy relationships. We're speaking with Ken Sandy of The Peacemaker and of Relational Wisdom 360. And Ken, what I love about what you're doing is you're looking beyond the nuts and bolts of what people do raising families or in the workforce or at school. But you're talking about relationships, which in effect will make them more effective in reaching their goals. So tell us, could you share with us the best way for people to start developing relational wisdom? And are there six odd skills you'd like to settle down for us? Well, one of the things we do in the seminar is we, we teach, you know, we teach the theoretical, theological, and neurological foundation for all these skills. But then we want to make it very practical. So when people walk out the door, they can immediately put into practice, literally as they get in the car with their spouse and start driving home. And there's a lot of people who come to the seminar and they're, feeling tension and thinking, oh, my spouse doesn't do this or my teens don't do this, and they can actually feel some frustration. And, and so how do they handle that literally as they walk out the door of the seminar? So, for example, one of the, seminar, one of the um, ways we teach this is using acrostics, very simple uh, devices to memorize key concepts. One of those acrostics, just as an example, is called the read concept, to read yourself accurately. It's how you manage your emotions. So anytime you're in a situation where you feel your emotions building, four basic steps. Number one, recognize the emotion. What am I feeling? Frustration, anger, fear, bitterness, jealousy, envy, whatever it might be. Name the emotion. The very process of naming an emotion forces your neocortex to get involved. That's where your language skills are located. So you're not operating just in the emotional part of the brain but you're bringing your reasoning part in, the impulse control part of your brain, just by naming the emotion. Secondly, evaluate that emotion. Why do I feel this way? What's going on? Uh, James 4.1 says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't think of your desires or your passions that war within you. So we say, what is going on inside of me that makes me feel this way? Get to the root of it. Third step. Anticipate the consequences of following that emotion. If you're, you're angry at your boss and you just feel like going in and just telling them off, well, consequences, you get fired. Hmm, not a good idea. So try to think through, okay, if I follow this emotion, what's it going to do? And if it's not a good result, then you need to slow down. And then the fourth step is direct that emotion in a constructive way. How do I take this intense emotion I'm feeling 
and actually move in a, in a constructive direction. It's a very deliberate four-step process, very simple, and many people tell us it's one of the most significant things they learn in the seminar, just R-E-A-D. Any other great acronyms I'm sure you're going to be sharing at this seminar will be at Hinton Baptist Church on September 16th on Southeast 20th Avenue in Portland. All the details will be linked up to truetalk800.com on the Difference Makers page. And you could also check out Ken Sandy's website, rw360.org. That's rw360.org. Make sure to follow Relational Wisdom 360 on Facebook. Ken Sandy is also on Twitter and on LinkedIn. And something else that's really interesting is that live seminars are also available online at rw360.org. All the information, again, will be linked up to the Difference Makers page at truetalk800.com. So we're looking very forward to seeing you, Ken Sandy, join us in Portland at Hinson Baptist Church on September 16th. And when we return, more about the seminar, but also more about the man behind it and his family. Ken Sandy of Relational Wisdom 360 right here on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. You're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Mike Lee here with the author of The Peacemaker, Ken Sandy, who is now president of Relational Wisdom 360, taking a move, a shift from resolving conflict to trying to prevent it. And one of the tools that Ken Sandy is using is going to come to Henson Baptist Church on Saturday, September 16th. Check out Portland RW360 with more details online at rw360.org, which I will link up to truetalk800.com. On the Difference Makers page. So, Ken, you mentioned that it's all in the family for the Sandys when it comes to what you're doing today. So I need to ask you, not only is your wife running the Young Peacemaker curriculum, but she serves as your wife, mother of your kids. And tell us where you met in the first place. Uh, That story differs on who you ask. (laughs) (laughs) I I remember meeting her in a church um, before she remembers meeting me, so clearly I didn't make much of an impact on her. But I, it was after law school. I was down here. She was already working as a teacher in a school here in Billings, and we met uh, where we both recall was at a community meeting dealing with some issues going on in our community. We both had an interest in, and so that's where we first connected. Uh, she started. Um, I just basically wanted to spend time with her, so I made up sort of a excuse to say, "Well, I could use." You know, a teacher like you and some of the mediation cases involving child custody and visitation, the divorce cases, and so drew her in to get the benefit of her experience, but mostly I just wanted to be around her, and it worked because a year later we got married. How wonderful. So did you know fairly early on that you, you had a pretty strong interest in Corlett? You know, it took both of us a while because we both sort of thought the other person seemed awfully dull. And uh, she didn't know that I had a sense of humor, and I had never heard her laugh. But we and we spent more time with each other and got to find out we weren't always serious and academic, and just enjoyed a lot of a lot of fun things. That that made a big difference. So for a couple of well-schooled individuals like yourselves, it was good to let loose a little and show that you could have fun. So yes, in fact, what most people don't know, the thing that really opened the door for her, Mike, was one day we were having dinner. And I don't know how this came about, but I actually did an impersonation of the mud pots in Yellowstone National Park. There are these hot molten mud that burbles up, and I can imitate that sound, and she thought that was very impressive. How would that translate on the radio? I'm curious. Can, can you share a little bit with us? Do it. No, I will not <laughs> attempt it. 
won't do us justice. Well, as the leader of relational wisdom, Ken Sandy, you have shared that the best communication is done face-to-face in person, or if not, at least by phone. So I don't know how well that would translate, but I am curious. So do me a favor, next time you're here at the studios, please give me that impression. I'd love to see you do it. The one that helped you win Corvette. Okay, I'll practice. So because she is part of your ministry, have there been any ways that God has revealed things to you, Ken Sandy, through what Corlett's teaching? Oh, very much. She's had a huge impact on the ministry. She's actually a more relational, naturally relational person than I am, incredible empathy and compassion. And when I first rolled out this new paradigm, I shared it with my family. My wife smiled at me, and I said, okay, what are you thinking? And she said, well... It's a great concept, but if you're going to be teaching this, you've got some room for growth in your life. And she was exactly true. And in the last five years, even after 30 years as a professional peacemaker mediator, there were still major areas in my life where I needed to grow. And it's been over the last five, six years that both she and I and our children have really gone much, much deeper in these relational skills that God gives to us, describes to us in his word. You mentioned that you had some grandchildren, and I was wondering how they're doing with their peacemaking grandparents and upbringing. Well, most of them are very, very young still, but our our oldest one, Andrew, is six, and there's actually a story about him uh, on our website. It's the lead story in that blog on raising empathetic children. And when he was two years old, my daughter Megan was over here, and she was uh, talking to him in my office, just sitting actually on the floor next to my desk, just sharing something with me, and it was sort of a, a sad, a little bit sad thing going on, and as she shared, she had some tears uh, going down her cheeks. And I just noticed her son, Drew, at two years of age, uh, walked by, saw his mom's face, and just trotted right down the hallway, got some Kleenex, came running right back in here, started to dab his mother's cheeks, says, it's okay, Mommy, it's okay. And to see that a two-year-old child could see tears, identify that as being painful, and then to have a response of how do I actually respond to this and comfort this person at two years of age. And the beautiful thing is, it's now four years later, he's six, and that same capacity of tenderness, kindness, gentleness just is blossoming. He's got a little sister who's nine months old now, and he is the most protective, tender, gentle, loving little boy I've ever seen. He came to me the other day and he said, "Uh, Papa, you were... Aunt Sonny's big brother, weren't you? I said, yes, I was. He said, how did you protect your sister? And to see a six-year-old who's thinking about how does he love and protect his little sister, I'll tell you, nothing nothing warms your heart more than that. Well, that's for sure, Ken Sandy. It's, it's wonderful to see kids showing wisdom beyond their young years. So if you mentioned earlier on about how relational wisdom can help out kids and families and workforces, So in our last several minutes here, I'd like you to address the church. You help out a lot of churches across the country. Are there some common threads or common mistakes that we as the church are making that we really ought to just keep our eyes open for? Very much. One of our most common sayings, Mike, is where two or three come together in Jesus' name, there will soon be conflict. And it's not just in our daily experience. We see it in Scripture itself. There's not a single epistle in the New Testament that doesn't have to deal with conflict. It was part of the new church, the early church. It's part of our churches today. And so just to realize that just because we're in church and we believe in Jesus and we may be regenerate um, and we might, you know, be going and we would be going to heaven if we died tomorrow doesn't mean 
that we don't still struggle with sinful tendencies today. So that's the first thing. Realize we still live in a fallen world. We are all vulnerable to sin that can lead us into conflict. Um, another major area I see as deficits in churches is many, many pastors have not learned how to deal with relational dynamics in general or conflict in particular. Um, as I often tell pastors groups, I've never seen a pastor lose his pulpit for poor Hebrew skills. You never see the deacons come and say, Pastor, your Hebrew skills just aren't good. We're going to let you go. It is always relational problems, always relational problems. And yet most seminaries do zero teaching on any kind of relational dynamics. It's all theory. It's practice. It's academic. And a lot of pastors suffer for it. So we, we spend a lot of time working with pastors who are trying to make up for that deficit how do I develop compassion, empathy, comfort, communication skills? How do I lead my congregation through volatile meetings? How do I diffuse the, you know, vol uh, the explosive congregational meetings? Um, how do I exercise church discipline in a compassionate, redemptive, restoring way? How do I cultivate an approachable character where people in my church feel it's safe to come to me to share ideas, even to share criticism or different ideas. Am I a safe, approachable pastor? Many pastors are not. Their people do not feel comfortable coming to them. And so those are the skills that we really want to help pastors learn. And as goes the pastor, so goes the church. When a pastor improves his relational abilities, it flows out from the pulpit, it flows out from the pastoral counseling room, it flows out through Sunday school, the whole church can grow as the pastor grows. Amen to that, Ken Sandy, author of The Peacemaker. Relational wisdom, it can be applied in marriage, and parenting, in the church, in ministry, in the workforce, missions. Whether or not people know the Lord, there are bits of wisdom that can help their lives out. And coming out of Billings, Montana, the president of Relational Wisdom 360, Ken Sandy is going to share these at Hinson Baptist Church at a seminar on September 16th. You won't want to miss it. We'll leave all of the links up at truetalk800.com on the Difference Makers page. Make sure to follow Relational Wisdom 360 on Facebook and check out Ken Sandy's website, RW360. That's RW360.org. Anyone you want to say hi to, Ken? Uh, just all the people out of Portland. I look forward to meeting in two weeks. And you as well. Ken Sandy of Relational Wisdom 360 coming to Hinton Baptist Church on September 16th. Don't miss it. And thank you for joining Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.